Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining Church on the Real Real, R-E-E-L, as in the multi-platform broadcast, R-E-A-L, as in having a genuine conversation or true dialogue about faith-based issues. I'm your host, Donna Means. Today, we're going to talk about the test of trials and what it means to persevere. Before we jump into today's topic, I would like to discuss a little bit about the writer of the book of James. James is a prominent member of the Jerusalem church and Jesus' brother. It is only five chapters and it's classified as a general epistle or letter. This book was one of the last books to be accepted as inspired by God and added to the New Testament. James was willing to talk about provocative topics such as prejudice, faith versus deeds, and the reality of suffering. It is comparable with the Old Testament book of Proverbs. Over the years, several theologians have questioned the reliability of this New Testament text. Theologians have challenged the authenticity of this book, mainly due to its blunt, confrontational style and the fact that Jesus is only mentioned twice. He wrote to the Jewish Christians, the 12 tribes who had been persecuted and dispersed throughout the Mediterranean region. They were prone to mistake intellectual argument for sincere faith because of their harsh environment. The latter can have a deep significance for us as it serves as a reminder that true faith changes lives. We are inspired to live our lives as followers of Christ. Although it is simple to claim to have faith, genuine faith results in love and deeds towards others. Here's eight interesting facts about James. James was referred to as James the Just. He was referred to as the Just because of his Puritan practices, which involved taking a Nazareth vow. More about the Nazareth vow can be found in the book of Numbers chapter 6. This vow included three basic rules. First, the individual was not to eat or drink any product of grapes. Second, they were not to cut or shave their hair. Third, they were not to go near a dead body. James was given the nickname of Camelids because it was said that he had prayed so much he developed calluses on his knees. And John Chapter 7, verse 5, reveals that during Jesus' ministry, John was not a follower of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 7, tells us that he personally saw the resurrected Christ. Acts chapter 1, verse 14, says that after Jesus' ascension into heaven, James was among the believers who gathered for a focused time of prayer. In Acts chapter 12, verse 17, when the apostle Peter left Jerusalem, James became viewed as the leader there. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 9, shows that the apostle Paul called James a pillar of the church. In Acts chapter 21, verse 18, it tells us that the last time we see James, he was meeting with Paul. Trials, tests, and perseverance. A person, object, or circumstance that puts their patience or resilience to the test is referred to as a trial. A test 
is a technique used to prove something's effectiveness, dependability, or quality, particularly prior to its widespread use. The definition of perseverance is to persist in a path of activity despite hardship or with little or no chance of success. James contends that mature believers endure adversity, seek God's guidance, and strive to be hearers and doers of God's word. According to James, we shouldn't grieve the tribulations we go through. Instead, he compels us to view adversity as a chance to develop, mature, and acquire insight. He says that the different adversities put our faith to the test and foster endurance. When our fortitude achieves its maximum capacity, we are fully developed, complete, and without lacking anything. We can only fully comprehend the depth of our character when we are under strain. It is simple to be kind to others when things are going well. Are we still able to extend kindness and mercy to others when we are treated unfairly? It is through our challenges we have the opportunity to develop. In an earlier episode, I discussed suffering using the cases of Job, Jeremiah, Joseph, and Paul. They are also excellent examples of tenacity. What makes us tenacious exactly? As Christians, we must cultivate the virtue of perseverance. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. This passage uses one of the New Testament's athlete metaphors. The athlete metaphors are often used to highlight fortitude and tenacity. Paul encourages us as Christians to be the runner that wins the prize. Christians must endure vigorous training, reading, studying, and applying God's word, abstain from harmful behavior, sin, temptation, and worldly beliefs, and discipline ourselves via spiritual disciplines. Just like the athlete who trains to improve their skills, endurance, strength, and confidence, Christians must do the same. We do so to receive the imperishable crown. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to Please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary of doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. If we planted tomatoes and it produced watermelons instead, it would be unexpected. A natural law states that we will harvest what we sow. Additionally, it holds true in various contexts. Every action has an outcome. 
We will harvest misery and evil if we sow to satisfy our desires. If we make plans to please God, we shall reap happiness and eternal life. This verse compels us to be kind to everyone, to keep going when things become tough, and to keep doing good. We reap eternal life when we strive to satisfy the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Using one of the New Testament military metaphors, Paul explains the need to armor up as we engage in an ongoing spiritual battle, fighting against authorities and rulers, the powerful evil forces of falling angels headed by Satan, who is a vicious fighter, is part of the Christian life. Demons are those over whom Satan has authority and who are not flesh and blood. These entities transform into our foes when we accept Christ as our Savior. They will use all means at their disposal to tempt us back to sin. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says it this way. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Lions prey on ill, helpless, and wandering animals. They target solitary or naive prey. In this passage, Peter cautions us to be on the lookout for Satan whenever we go through hardships and persecution. We are particularly open to Satan's attacks when we feel alone, powerless, and isolated from other Christians. When we are preoccupied with our problems rather than looking out for potential threats, it makes us vulnerable. We must remain steadfast in our faith and battle our enemy. When we oppose the devil, James 4, chapter 7 says, he will flee from you. Satan is constantly at battle with anyone who stands with the Lord. 
Therefore, even though we know we will triumph, we must fight until Christ comes. We need superhuman power to fight Satan. And God has provided it to us by putting the Holy Spirit within us and his armor surrounding us. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, Paul tells us to pray in the Spirit on all occasions. How is it possible to constantly pray? One way is to make quick, short prayers are default reaction to every situation we may come across during our day. Additionally, it organizes our lives to be centered on God's instructions and will, making our existence a kind of prayer. We don't have to neglect our daily responsibilities or isolate ourselves from others to constantly pray. We may make prayer the center of our lives while living in the world that desperately needs God's great influence. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 and 14. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. In this passage, Paul professes that he wants to know Christ, imitate Christ, and become all that Christ has planned for him. Paul devotes all his energy to this endeavor. This is a useful illustration for us. Nothing should ever cause us to lose sight of our mission, to come to know Christ. We must abandon anything destructive or give up anything that can prevent us from being effective Christians with the single-mindedness of an athlete in training. Paul had a good reason to want to put the past behind him because he was holding the coats of those who had stoned the first Christian martyr, Stephen. That can be found in Acts chapter 7, verse 57 and 58. During this time, Paul was named Saul. We all have done things for which we are ashamed. We live in the tension of what we have been and what we want to be. Because our hope is in Christ, however, we can let go of the past guilt and look forward to what God will help us become. Don't dwell on your past. Instead, grow in the knowledge of God by concentrating on your relationship with him now. Realize that you are forgiven and then move on to a life of faith and obedience. Look forward to the fuller and more meaningful life because of your hope in Christ. In James chapter 1 verse 12, it talks about the crown of life. The crown of life that God has promised to those who love him will be given to those who persevere through difficulties. The crown of life is comparable to the wreath of triumph presented to the champion athletes. The prize is everlasting life, living with God forever rather than fame and respect on earth. It's what God refers to as the crown of life. God's winner's club is for those who love him and remain steadfast under adversity. Perseverance is a virtue that requires development, vigorous training, sowing into things that pleases the spirit, being equipped for spiritual battles, and single-mindedness focused towards our goal. Perseverance helps us to reach our full potential and turns failures into learning opportunities, increases our self-confidence and strength inspires others around us, and places us in a better position to overcome obstacles. 
perseverance. Our perseverance is rewarded with the crown of life. I hope you found this inspirational and it reminds you of the reason why we go through what we go through. No matter how difficult life can be at times, what we go through is not in vain. Thank you for joining the conversation today. Please return for next week's episode. Until then, God bless.